the most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. Are you looking to sell your app? Blue Throne has bought apps from over 100 developers from all over the world. These developers had a great exit, left financial stress, and moved on to their next big project. Get a free valuation of your app by going to bluethrone.io. That, once again, is bluethrone.io. Scaling your Apple search ads campaigns can be challenging if you don't have the right toolkit. Trust me, I felt the pain. From market insights to automation tools, searchads.com provides everything you need in a single intuitive dashboard so you can easily adapt, optimize, and grow your mobile business in the App Store. Learn more by going to searchads.com. Servatmasters.com coming to you live every Friday for a masterclass on something related to the app business. And today, whether you're looking to sell your app or you're growing and maybe starting to have thoughts on how to potentially exit this business, that's what we're gonna talk all about today. This person, this founder has bought over 100 apps, over 100 countries, I should say. And he's gonna break down everything that you need to know, what they look for in apps, how they grow it, what's that multiplier that you're looking for. So without further ado, further ado let me introduce the guest. His name is Alan Waller. He's the CEO and co-founder of Blue Throne. You can check him out bluethrone.io. Alan, welcome to the show. Hi, Steve. How are you guys? I'm good, man. Well, I know you prepared a presentation for us and I'd love for you to just kick it off there, but give us a sense of like what you guys been able to accomplish some numbers. And I know you, you know, I have over the past four years, you've been buying successful apps, both in app store and Google play. And then, and I think I remember saying it's a hundred over a hundred countries. Yes, in a matter of fact, this is uh, what the uh, Blue Throne is doing. And in my time, I am living in Thailand, so it's uh, about midnight. So basically, I escaped from home to not, uh, you know, uh, getting awake uh, my two kids. And so now I'm in the office in uh, Phuket, Thailand. And um, yeah, so Blue Throne, uh, we buy apps and we appreciate them. Basically, we are looking for an apps that. Um, are product market fit apps, PMF apps, which means they um, arrive to a certain level with the uh, on, with the hands of the uh, developer. And now we are ready to take the app to the next level and investing heavily in marketing, in user acquisition, and in most of the things, Steve, that I think that developers hate to do. Yeah, it's true. That's what I talk about with them too. It's like, I built a good app and you know, like how do I grow it? Or you, they have growth. How do I really optimize it? Is there a specific category of apps that you guys kind of look at too, Alan? Uh, basically we are talking about uh, mostly uh, utility apps. However, we do have also some game apps, but uh, currently our focus is mainly on the non games. apps. Yeah. And we have somebody that left in the, one of the first comments was like, uh, I won't 
butcher's name, but he's like, this guy bought, bought one of my apps. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> world. Yes, I will be happy to hear uh, who, he, who he is because, uh, you know, more than 100 apps already uh, bought. So I, I'm not sure that I'm recognizing the name. Uh, okay, the- so it is one over 100 apps that yeah. you bought. And I like how you have these exit calls too. And I, I kind of l- listen to this. So if you guys are yeah. curious and you want to hear from someone who actually didn't exit, I think this was a couple of months that he just launched his app and then you guys ended up buying it and seeing it in the app stores. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's yeah. awesome, man. Cool. I know you prepared a presentation. You want to kick it off? Yes. Okay. Let's kick off with the presentation and uh, let's let, let some people while you look at it. understand what we are actually doing and what we are focusing at. And uh, who who the hell is selling the apps? This is another question that we want hey, to address. Alan, I don't see your. I don't see your. You got to pull it up. You know how to share it. One second. Let me try. While you do that, I'm going to say hi to a few people. All right. Okay. We've got. Yan, hi, new to the channel. Hope to learn something new. Hope my app will get reviewed this time. Yan, you know, fill out that form. We're going to get to it. We do have a long list. Joe's here. What's happening, Joe? Good to see you week in, week out. Selling should always be part of the plan. That's right, James. I feel it too. What do you think, Alan, right? Selling should always be part of the plan. Be prepared. So it's not a shock. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. It looks like Alan emailed me about buying my app back in November. So Alan, you know, know, Steve? Uh, I, I know that maybe after this presentation, some of the people will run back to their email inbox and look for an email from us. Because if you guys got an email from us, it yeah. probably means that you fit to uh, apply for an exit. So this is exciting news. So uh, please stay tuned with me uh, on this presentation. But after this amazing, uh, amazing uh, call with uh, Steve, you can go back to your uh, Gmail and look. Maybe you got some yeah, email from us. And then Miguel said, hi, Steve. Awesome topic. And then Matthew, what's an exit? An exit just means you're selling the app. You're exiting out of your business. All right. And then Yash is here. Yeah, she's part of our team. So good to see you. Rassi. And I'm going to just say hi. And then we'll kick it off. What's up, Rassi? And let's see, here's Rassi. And then we've got, who else? Adrian, I think. No, did I see Adrian? Yep. Adrian said, Alan, you emailed me last week. So, <laughs> all right, Adrian. Hey, that, that fits. Adrian's got a pretty good app too. All right, well, we'll kick it off with your presentation, guys. All right, go ahead, Alan. Here awesome. it is. Here's so can you see story. my presentation? Can you see yes, the... Sir. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Good, so uh, today we will see how to sell your app. Um, basically, this topic is uh, not so uh, famous in the um, app space, in the app niche. It is... It's more famous in the maybe selling a third-party Amazon stores, and in a matter of fact, I came from Amazon. I've been an Amazon seller, and I've exited uh, selling my stores there. But once I saw the big opportunity in the app niche, you know, without physical product, without shipment, without agents, everything is digital, you know, and you can do it from anywhere. Uh, in the world, I'm in Italia. I'm currently in Thailand, so I can do it uh, as well. So I saw this opportunity, and even before COVID, we start to work remotely and try to uh, do and scale this kind of business. So let's see how to sell your app. So I will start with this: some people that die in their 30s aren't buried until they are 80 years old. 
Steve, do you, do you know such uh, guys, maybe from school or? Yeah, I, yes, yes, uh, yes, I do. You know, it is, and I think the saying is all about like, you have a great job or you're just buried in work that you're not, you're dead, but you're not like living your passion. Is that the sense that I'm getting from this quote? Yes, Alan? exactly. Yes, exactly. So, so I lived there, uh, I'm originally from Israel. I lived there and like 12 years ago, I felt that my, uh, all my friends are like living there. They are going to the normal jobs. They are standing in the queue of life. They are moving very slowly. So I decided that this kind of life is not for me. So I went to Italy and then to Thailand. So for the past 12 years, I'm living abroad and, uh, um, um, developing this kind of businesses in order to grow even faster. But this concept of dying before you are actually dead or living dead, as you said, means that having every hope, goal, dream or happiness die inside of you. So most of the times it might happen from financial stress. Isn't it, Steve? Financial stress is probably the uh, number one cause for this thing. Don't you think? Yeah, so true. I think, you know, I think when I've been thinking about this a lot too, Alan, but I don't want to steer you away from your presentation, but sometimes when you think about like your passion and then going to a nine to five, now I was there for a long time too. I think I'm not trying to talk anything negatively about it. If you're in that yeah. situation, it's great. But I think it's also, you want to be happy and then you want to live the life that, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed. So you want to be making sure you're happy too. And even if you're like, I found out that on my own, like, you know, my friends who are doing this nine to five are a lot richer than I am, right? They got stock, they got like a lot of things going happening for them, but it's the the happiness that you get and the freedom you get too. And so success isn't always just a transactional money thing. It's also like what brings you happiness as well. Yes, yes, exactly. So, so these people have to sell their talent, their working hours and their soul, but same things with some of the apps. Every app starts with a dream and big hopes for financial freedom. But what usually happens is the reality. App gets stuck. You need to invest in marketing, user acquisition, new features, bug fixes, updates, you name it. Then just like people, some apps are also a kind of living dead. The app is stuck and never goes anymore. And we all know, Steve, that what stops growing starts dying so how can a living dead app can make its owner come back to life this is the question and the answer that we in blue throne found out that getting exit money for the hard work he invested so he can move forward to, to his next exciting project in other words raise money for growth so like blue throne is a startup that raised money uh, in order to buy these apps, yeah. these developers that uh, might feel stuck in their current moment, feel stuck, I mean that they are not growing anymore. Not to say that the app is maybe uh, um, diving down. So uh, with exit money, they can maybe um, fund their next project, which might be a bigger and better app. Okay. So why developers are selling the app? This is the question. And basically there are six main reasons that we found out that uh, make developers selling the app. 
So they might stuck under a marketing or user acquisition goal ceiling. We have a lot of uh, examples where developers are cont contacting us and you know, showing us that they cannot invest anymore in user acquisition, even though the user acquisition is profitable, they don't have the funding to uh, keep supporting it. So this, kind, this is one a big reason why developers are uh, wants to selling their apps. Another uh, reason is too many apps to seriously maintain, update, improve, and grow. And I'm telling you this from someone that holds more than 100 apps. It's a serious headache to uh, uh, maintain the uh, technical infrastructure. And, and if there are even servers and stuff like this, it, this problem keeps growing. And this is another um, reason why they sell the app. Life happens, sudden need for a big sum in cash. Maybe something happened to parents or you need the, uh, the cash to buy a house or get a mortgage, I don't know. And next thing is big plans for an exciting next project. You know, um, me and uh, Idan, my brother, which is the CMO of Bluetron, are already uh, uh, talking about that, you know, developers are like tech arts. What does it mean? It means that, you know, like artists, they doing their art and then they are already thinking about their next exciting art. Maybe if an artist is a picture in the developer's mind, it's a new app. So this is another thing. The developers get the money and then support uh, uh, their next maybe year or two or three and um, working on their next app. Um, next reason is finance growth of team or studio. So if you've been successful once um, while you uh, worked with yourself or maybe with one other guy, now you want to build your team. So you need to support, you need more uh, financial uh, um, oxygen, I would say. And the last uh, reason is maybe to take a three to six months break and disappear to Thailand, and you are all invited to visit, visit us here in uh, Phuket, uh, Thailand. So taking awesome. a vacation is another uh, big reason why people want to sell their app. Okay, does that make sense, uh, Steve? I love it. I love it. Now I'm going to take you up on that visit because I was born in Burma. So yeah, ah, so right there. Good. Yeah, <laughs> neighbors. <laughs> neighbors. Yeah. Um, so the question here is what kind of apps are being sold? And we are talking here about two kinds of apps. One is UA, which is user acquisition apps. Um, after the iOS 14 attribution shock, it caused yes. a lot of heavy user acquisition based apps to appear on the market in the last quarter. So um, do you want to add something about that, Steve? No, just the attribution is nuts for everybody. And if you're feeling that with Facebook, maybe even you're running Google ads for iOS apps and it's, it's nuts that it's, it's a big headache for most people right now. Yes. So basically what happens for those who are not familiar with this, uh, with this, uh, niche news niche, uh, that, uh, um, with all the privacy things, uh, um, um, advertising in Facebook using user acquisition become really tough uh, and then all the uh, advertisers are moving to maybe um, Apple search ads campaigns or maybe Google ads and then all the costs in the other platforms 
race. So these things, if something uh, uh, might evolve in the Facebook niche, uh, once the developer saw that the pricing, the CPI, the cost per install is raising to the roof, now he's looking for other alternatives to uh, advertise his app. And one of the alternatives is to sell it. Okay, so this is the UA apps. And the other one is the PMF, the Product Market Fit Apps. So Steve, I have a, a question for you. Have you ever seen a mother that once she sees her baby for the very first time, she's saying to herself, oh gee, this is an ugly baby. <laughs> you see such, such thing? Never, never. Yeah, so... So and Alan, Alan I, I never met an app developer that said the same exact thing about their apps too. Exactly, exactly. So this is the thing that developers like mothers uh, really uh, uh, convince that their app is uh, not ugly or uh, if I may say uh, very pretty and will remain pretty as the time goes by. Uh, however, um, we in Bluethron are looking at the numbers. We love to see the numbers. I can tell you that even if you uh, uh, apply for an exit, we first look at the numbers, even before we look at the app. So the numbers tell the story. And then we go to the app to see what story it tells or where are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, or threats that your app holds. But the numbers are first. So um, a good advice for the developer for the developers is to always look first for the numbers then go and see what is going on and how the numbers connect with the story okay within the app so this is the uh, the thing so yeah um, i stand corrected okay in the comments ram says nah my apps are ugly from the start <laughs> <laughs> rassi says i have a number of babies that i know are ugly oh i met my first few apps <laughs> so yeah Okay, so these guys are pretty honest. Yeah, so they're really. <laughs> yeah, so how do I know if I have a PMF app? This is something that every developer can ask himself. So basically, PMF is product of, market fit. Like you found yeah, product market fit, right? Yeah, product market fit, yeah. So basically, there are a lot of uh, uh, numbers, as I said, like retention and daily active users and monthly active users and stickness and ratings and conversions and organic growth and UA opportunity. But a simple PMF check will be the rule of 5K. What is the rule of the 5K? If your app has at least 5,000 downloads and is making at least $5,000 per month, then it might be a PMF app. Why we are doing this 5K rule? First for simplicity. So everybody can, uh, you know, uh, I hope that every developer knows if his, if his app is making 5K or not. I'm sure that most of developers are not familiar with the retention, DAO, mouse, thickness, and all the curses I just said. So the 5K basically means that uh, $5,000 per month means that your app has traction, has some, uh, uh, we call it avatar, that is willing to pay for the value it brings, okay? And 5,000 downloads means that this app is still ranked pretty high and can scale. So, uh, uh, Steve, we had uh, cases in which the app is making like even more than $5,000 per month. However, there are 
very few downloads. So all the money is coming for, from old money subscription. So ah. this is a kind of a dying app, as I said, from the uh, Living Dead. This is a dying app. So even if we will buy it and we will not increase the downloads, it will die pretty soon. Okay. So this is the law of 5K of the PMF apps. So now what's the uh, app uh, multiplier? So app buyers predict future earnings by multiplying the monthly net profit of the app before taxes, of course, by a number determined by the app historical profit numbers or sales projections, usually somewhere between 15 and 40 months. What does it mean? If your app is making, I don't know, $5,000 per month on average, and it's a pretty stable, then you're supposed to get between 15 to 40 months of future profit earnings. Steve, it was clear? Yes. Okay, good. So good. 14, 40 months is close to what? Three, three plus years? Yes, more than three years. And, uh, and now the question is why, you know, the, there is a pretty big difference between 15 and 40. So let's go right. and deep dive. Why? Well, Alan, I want to hit on a couple of different things. James was said, love the 5K law, simple and clear to understand. Yan asked, it's 5,000 per day. No, it's 5,000 per month. So $5,000 in revenue and 5,000 downloads per month. Those are, even, better. Even, yeah, even better. But Alan, so you want to see both, right? You want to see the 5,000 revenue and you want to see the 5,000 a month. Yes, yes. I will say that this is the, that. The, the basic uh, uh, yeah, rule law that we are looking yeah. at. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious about this multiplier. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, what creates a higher multiplier app? Again, the distance between 15 and 40 is pretty, is pretty a lot. If you can uh, multiply it, multiply it for, for $5,000 per 15 or per 40, it's a pretty big gap. So the first thing that we are looking at is which river is your niche at, okay? So starting a new app business is kind of like a boat in a rafting. There are two ways the boat moves. One, by the natural current of the river, and two, by the human effort to guide the boat. Now, when launching your app business to extremely deep water with massive currents, you will drown after finishing all your energy. So Steve, if you take your app, and put it in a wild river, wild rafting river. Have you ever done a, a rafting, by the way, Steve? I have, but nothing crazy, not the wild okay. river, probably the steady yeah. river. Yeah, yeah, so think about the wildest river maybe you saw in some Netflix uh, movie or something, and you put your app there. Even if you are uh, talented and strong, you probably find yourself upside down. Yeah. So this is a wild river niche. On the other hand, launch your app business in shallow water, okay, like we see in the left uh, image. No matter how good is your equipment, how strong you are, how much experience you have, still you'll not move successfully. You can imagine yourself, you know, trying to, to move yourself and there is no much water that will help you to do so. However, when launching your app in a deep water with the right current, you only need a few human interventions in order to successfully ride to the ending point. So when choosing the niche, timing is the key. Uh, Steve, have you ever experienced that like, like you put your app and it just 
move by itself kind of like i haven't personally experienced it but i have seen like the squid game apps mm -hmm. you know the week that the and I, I was gonna do a video on this because people were asking me about trends and stuff but i've seen others move and then i had a friend of mine who when trump was running for office in 2016 he had a trump wall and that did pretty well as well that made yeah. it to number one in top charts so Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. So you basically you can feel it. So we can say that timing is key here, and uh, to catch to catch a niche opportunity is kind of like bringing babies to the world. The timing is much more important than the technique. Okay, so this is the mindset of uh, catching the, the right uh, river at the right time. And by the way, even if your app is uh, uh, currently at uh, uh, maybe wild river. But if it was and entered the market when the river was steady, the middle picture here, then you might be good because for the other people, it will be hard to uh, uh, get inside this niche. But you already successfully ranked and getting traffic and uh, uh, helping the algorithm to love you. Okay, so this is about the uh, uh, three um, um, rivers. Two, roof replacement test. There is a quote that I love that I saw a few years ago. Never own a business that eats while you sleep. What does it mean? It means that some businesses, mostly from the physical world, you know, you need to uh, spend a lot of money even if the business is closed. So, uh, for example, in, during COVID, when all the stores here and throughout the world were closed, people still need to pay for the, for the, uh, to keep them, right? Or for the physical products inside of them. In the app business, it's a way better. So we don't have a lot of cases of uh, a, a business that eats while you sleep. However, some apps are requiring a lot of maintenance or support with their servers with this kind of things and these costs with the big apps might scale with the app itself so basically when we talk about complexity we are talking about four levels of complexity one is design complexity the second is back office control and management complexity three is tech complexity and four is content complexity and the graph looks like this the more the app is simple and the more the, uh, the money uh, is made by the app, the best is the valuation, okay? So if the app is super complex, and if you know now, in order to change something, we need to handle some servers and uh, open more proxies, or even it is hard because of the graphic engine of the app, mostly in the games industry, then the app valuation is lower. Steve, we even had some developers, you know, that developed their own, I don't know, IP mechanism. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, even if they want to sell it to you, you don't have the people to handle these kind of things because this is something they develop with their own servers, with their own algorithms and things. And this complexity uh, gets you understand that this is not an exitable app. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. Hey, Alan, a couple of questions for you sure. as we have in the comments. Matthew asks, so on this topic, does paying for an API hurt app selling prospects? No, API is pretty simple, actually, if okay. this API is stable. But having your own servers and your own graphic design and graphic engine and stuff like this, 
it's a headache. Okay. And then I guess, what about Adrian asks, Alan, what, what about an early stage app with little or no marketing? Isn't it too early to provide an accurate valuation? Uh, yes, probably it is. It, it is very good to set for yourself a goal to reach maybe the 5K or something like this. Uh, however, small apps, you know, are uh, less attractive in the eyes of uh, potential investors, to be honest. Okay. Love it. All right. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So let's move on. Three is one night standing. There are two, there are only two industries that call their customers users. One is drugs and second is apps. Okay. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so the goal of our app is to engage the users so much so they can become addicted to consuming our content. If that makes sense, of course it is. Subscription is the golden ticket here because it is not only brings you more stability and predictability to the business, it also engages the buyers because they pay for it. You know the famous quote, those who pay, pay attention, okay? Mm -hmm. So uh, once people pay for the app, it's most likely for them to actually use it, okay? And if it's subscription, it's most likely that the retention will be there as well. So if we are looking at the business models, single- Hey, Alan, can I just stop you one yeah. second? I, I love that you said that because I've been saying the same thing and it was more of a hunch, right? Like it was just uh, an opinion. I like to say things when there's data back too, but mm -hmm. I people ask like, hey, won't, when I give them best practices on how to best convert your users, and I say, you want to try to sell them during the onboarding process, right? Because we found that most people buy during the welcome flow. And then like, am I just not being too pushy? Will that hurt my retention? And I said, no, because I said what you said, right? People who pay, pay attention. I didn't say it so cleverly like that, but it was like, I think <laughs> conversion drives retention for subscription-based apps. Exactly. So I really want to hit home on that. Exactly. I love that you, and you can also see, we, we did some testing, interesting testing that, um, Apple loves conversion more than retention. So if <laughs> Apple sees Apple or, or Google Play, if they see that your app is actually making money only also for them and also for you, and the conversion rate is higher than maybe the competitors, um, then it uh, ranked you above the uh, competitors if the competitors are going for the retention. This is what I'm trying to say, okay? Um, Conversion beat retention. Maybe I should uh, write it here. Okay, so uh, uh, your payment model is your business model. Uh, uh, this means that single pay single payment, one night stand, ads based means that your app is making money uh, only from ads, is friend zone, we call it. And subscription is loving relationship because guys, it is actually relationships to go with this uh, user and to with the payment ongoing payment it's kind of like i don't know a subscription for the gym okay so the people keep going keep paying and both ha uh, parts are happy because you can invest more in the app in the app content in the user acquisition in the marketing and the uh, user will get more value as time goes by um, about evaluation single payment is a decreased valuation because steve once we buy an app that has single payment we know that for the future, we uh, only have this kind of uh, a single payment gate. Um, and if I'm comparing it to the subscription, you know, once you buy a subscription-based app, Steve, 
you have something that we call old money. What does it mean? We run our algorithm and this algorithm give us the number according to the uh, renewal curve and some uh, 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 analytic stuff. And basically it tells you how much money from all subscribers you will get in the next few, in the next year. Okay. So it's not new subscribers. It's all subscribers that already are paying you. And we know how much money there is inside the app. So the app valuation, of course, increase. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love the way you put it, that previous slide. If you go back to that previous slide real quick, because I think this is the perfect. And then Rassi says, LOL, loving these slides. And I think this is screenshot this. All right. Single payment, one night stand, ads based, friend zone, because people talk about that all the time. Subscription. It's a loving relationship, long term relationship. It's a marriage. So I love this, Alan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, um, let's go on. Let's move forward. Let's do it. Because we're running out of time. Yeah. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah. It's good content, but still. Yeah. It's great. Um, we'll so, be back. Curse of one. Let's talk about the curse of one. So, Changes happen when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of the change and of making the change. And I can tell you a personal story that uh, um, a few times ago, I had like uh, 30 apps in a different account, but they all been in a, 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 the same account, okay? In the same account. And once one app was got the virus or something happens regarding Apple guidelines, you know, all the account got suspended for a while. And this story made me understand the power to, of avoiding the curse of one. So now basically we are opening a lot of accounts and uh, under uh, certain entities, you know, so if something happens to one account, it will not infect or uh, uh, with the uh, COVID things, it will not uh, infect the other ones as well. Okay, with with the uh, apps world, we are talking about single or multi-platform apps. Single platform, of course, is a decreased valuation. By single platform, I mean that your app is only live in App Store, okay? Or only live in Google Play, but not in both. When the app is, uh, uh, is live in maybe App Store, Google Play or, you know, even uh, Amazon apps, which is an, a side niche, but then your app has more valuation because if something happens to one of them, it will not break down. Okay. Any question about this, Steve? One question that I did have is if, mm -hmm. well, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, most people are seeing more revenues on iOS. So yes. is it okay to be multi-platform, but have most of your revenues coming from iOS? Uh, uh, yes, of course. But still, if, you know, uh, uh, some uh, developers, you know, are writing, uh, there is a language that you can just shoot the app from both iOS and the uh, uh, Google Play. And to be honest, usually what we see here, when the 5K rule is happening means that in App Store they are making 5K, usually they will make some, maybe 20% lower, but something in this range also in Google Play. So first, if you are releasing an app only in iOS, you are missing some opportunities, you know. Uh, again, it's a digital assets that maybe can drive you more uh, uh, value 
um, by not doing so much, you know, just releasing it also to uh, Google Play. Um, but of course, that if your app is living under uh, the iOS and it's in the single platform, we will see it as a decreased valuation if we compare the same app with the same metric, with the same numbers in both platforms. Okay? Got it. Love it. Let's uh, move uh, uh, forward. The app Vineyard, what does it mean? The longer something is survived, the more likely it will to stay. I did not invented this uh, famous quote, but I think it was Nisim Taleb. It called the uh, Lindy effect. So this means that if your app, Steve, is running for the last 12 months, when you apply for an exit, I will know that it's most likely that this app will live for another 12 months, at least. Okay? Yeah. Sorry, the- I, I did mess up on something, but I just want to make sure the quote was clear because you kind of cut out a little bit because I was doing yeah. some things on my end. But the longer something is to survive, the more likely it will stay. So, yeah, yes, it will it. take at least for the very same time. Mm-hmm. It's, mostly for, uh, it's mostly true for technology, okay, the Lindy effect. So if your app is only three months old, okay, and then you apply for an exit, uh, for us, we will know that this app will survive at least for three months, but it's most likely, and it's very risky for us to go for it in this early stage of age, I mean, okay? So less than 12 months is a decreased valuation between 12 to 17 months is okay valuation. And if your app is, uh, your app age is bigger than 18 months, this means this app is strong. You know, it's already uh, passed all the seasons. And even, you know, even then it remains stable or increasing or decreasing, whatever. But the valuation will be go up because we know your app will be with us at least 18 months. I hope that's more. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Any questions? Uh, no. Please stop me if you have. Okay. So what is your alibi? Is the six uh, criteria that we are looking at. Um, and the quote is why this pizzeria is not open on Saturday. And this is a story uh, when I, me and my wife lived in uh, Rome, Italy. You know, we worked really hard at the security in the airport. Okay. You know, Israeli security. Most of the times, the Israeli uh, people find themselves in security jobs, and this is what we've done. But we worked really hard. But there was a pizza in uh, Piazza del Popolo, which is a famous, uh, a famous uh, piazza in uh, Rome, that was open uh, uh, only Sunday to Friday. Okay, but we worked throughout the day, so every time after the shift in the Friday, we went, uh, uh, you know, uh, fast to catch up with the uh, last hour of this uh, restaurant open up and to eat this pizza. So this pizzeria was very successful. And one day uh, I sat with my wife, Gabrielle, and we ate the pizza. And then the chef came to us to, to see if the pizza is good and everything is okay. So he asked her if the pizza is good. I told, I told him, uh, yes, it was great. And then, it, and then I asked him if I can, you know, get some questions for him. And he said, Certo, of course. So I asked him, why are you closed on Saturday? This pizzeria is making a lot of money packed with customers. If you will open also on Saturday, you will make more money. Yeah, this is the Jewish brain still. So <laughs> he told me a sentence that I will never forget. He told me in Italian, 
Kinon Safari Soldi in Say Journey, non ce la farà in sette. This means people who don't know how to make money in six days won't make it also in seven. Okay? So this quote made me believe that, you know, hard work in today's world, hard work is not necessarily the thing that you need to do. You need to work smart so you can, you know, work less. But in terms of alibi, Uh, in this uh, in this uh, uh, story you know he i had the question why this uh, re restaurant is closed on saturday and once he uh, explained it to me it made more sense to me so now he has his own alibi by moving to the apps world sales alibi how stable are your downloads and revenue so your ability to explain by words or by you know writing Uh, downloads and or sales fluctuations will impact the valuation. So, Steve, maybe you're familiar with, uh, you know, a graph that uh, everything is good and then he jumped and come back. So, mm -hmm. we see it and we will ask for it. So, you need to have a very good alibi to uh, um, explain to us what is it. Is it like motivated downloads? Is it something, I don't know, uh, institutional downloads? You need to understand mm -hmm. And know what it is because it uh, gives us, you know, uh, uh, some suspicious about the uh, activities that go there. Does that make sense, Steve? Absolutely. Love it. Uh, yeah. So this is the sales alibi. And then we have, uh, uh, so if, you know, we see some graph and we don't understand, of course, and you don't have the alibi, the valuation goes down. If we see everything is good with the graph and it goes up and everything is cool, valuation is okay, there is no need for an alibi. And of course, if you have alibi and you can explain why the graph is acting like it is, it is okay, increase valuation. But if we don't have the answers uh, from you, of course, the valuation will decrease. So let's move forward to the last Um, criteria that we are looking at make the skeleton dance this is what we call it so uh, the quote now is the gym is a place that either you fit or you are fat and this <laughs> means yeah yeah and this means that basically you can't hide things because the uh, uh, in the gym you can't hide things because everybody can see how you look right Uh, with apps, you might think to hide something only to find out you'll be catched later. So I'm talking here about Apple guidelines problem problems. I'm talking here about tricks with sales screen, uh, you know, to remove the Steve the X. And then when Apple are reviewing the product, you are showing the X and then you are not showing the X and doing this kind of manipulations, maybe reviews manipulations, which are quite... Uh, famous in our world, motivated downloads, even great marketing, you know? They say that great marketing is only making bad products to vanish faster. Yes. Okay? So, so, and I've been there. I, I had some uh, pretty bad apps in my past until I learned in the hard way. And once I started to market them really good, it only vanished very fast. Okay? So... Yep. Uh, in this case, uh, honesty pays. Don't hide skeletons in the closet. Nothing breaks a buyer trust because at the end of the day, it's trust between two parties. 
more than finding unexpected unexpected skeletons during the due diligence uh, DD phase. Okay, um, skeleton in the closet valuation decrease. If you are not saying something, you are not sharing something. Uh, we had cases that uh, developers contacted us once they got like a serious uh, Apple uh, guidelines, uh, you know, uh, uh, message. So now they want to pass to us the, you know, the hot potato. Okay, but of course, uh, in our system, we have the ability to recognize this kind of thing in the DD process. Skeleton dancing is everything okay. A skeleton surprising is something that we find out might be opportunity about uh, your product, your app, and it's increasing the valuation. We are not keeping it for ourselves. We even tell you, uh, uh, like I described uh, earlier, about the old money. I'm telling you, Steve, you have in your very nice subscription app, you have $200,020 uh, 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 in the very next year. Okay, so this data is very uh, uh, is very hard to get by looking at the App Store Connect. But once you get it to on our algorithms, you can know what will be in the next future in terms of old money, and this goes inside your valuation. Okay, we are not hiding it. So both sides are honest, and this is important to to uh, do a good business. Uh, also for the next future deals, usually, you know, Steve, when somebody uh, do a good deal with us and we are both satisfied, even after the, the acquisition, the purchase, after it, we can do like more deals and having fun together and grow together. Okay. So this is about the skeleton dance. Okay. So last thing, because I, uh, before I uh, move to uh, back to Steve to see the uh, awesome uh, audit apps. This is the upsell process. So basically, uh, you can start with free online app valuation, which is a tool that we have in our website just for you to get familiar with the numbers and to know how much your app is probably uh, gonna be worth. Then we have the PMF test, first stage on the surface valuation, which is in during the first 10 days after you contact us. Second stage is deep dive valuation. We call it the X-ray and the MRI, where we look, we see all the numbers, we understand all the data, we understand all the story of the app. Then the closing phase, and uh, up to 21 days, we already have a deal. Okay, so this is okay. the uh, deal flow. And uh, Steve, if somebody is maybe curious to know how much your uh, his app is uh, worth, he can jump to our website and uh, play with uh, our nice tool. And if he's serious and uh, stands in the 5K rule, he can move forward and contact us directly from there. Okay, I love it. And Absolutely. then this answers Victor's question, how long does it take to take an exit? Roughly around 21 days. About yes, a month. roughly 21 days, yeah. Okay, sure. and then Josh has a question that I wanna get to. I developed a great weather app and radar, but my own business, here, I'll hide your... Yeah. But my own business traffic in the app has not made the project worth it. Any thoughts about reskinning for clients and licensing them? I didn't get the question. Let's see. He has a great weather app and he wants to know that it's not growing for his on his own. So he's wondering if he should reskin it for a client and then license the code to them. What do you think about that strategy? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Yeah, Josh, if you can do it, be, that'd be great. I think with a weather-based app, I just don't know what kind of clients you're going to go after because it's so specific. So unless it's a 
I don't know, a weather channel or somebody that is interested in weather that reports on weather. I just think that it's so, it's not like, I can't think of any prospects for clients, mm -hmm. but if it's worth it, well, great. If this yeah, app is making money or something, you know, it's a, it's a dig digital asset. So it, it was something, uh, of course, and it can make you like a nice income. But if that's the case. And then Nikolai, I missed you earlier. I want to say hi. Thank you. Hello. Very good and useful topic. And then the other thing that Ram mentioned earlier on too, which I think everybody should know about is once you, and I know Victor had, you guys were going back and forth on this. Once you sell an app, so once you transfer an app, even if you don't sell it, because I did this with one of my apps, we built it under one app developer account, and then we transferred it over to another developer because it was a brand new business, brand new entity. The, the law of one that you kind of talked about, Alan, you lose the 15% that Apple gives in. So just, it's an important note to mention as well. Yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And here is the, again, the, the curse of one. If you have your biggest app in a different account, it's a, a way valuable to you because either you can sell the whole account, which mm. is another thing, or to transfer the app itself and then you, you don't get hurt. That's, uh, I like it. Okay. Killer presentation. Love the content. So this is good. We'll go a little bit longer. Yash is enjoying this too. Yeah. It looks like it's really good. So Alan, we'll be back. Don't worry. We're, we've got a pretty good partnership together, Alan and I. And so we're going to have him back on a later live stream to really break it down. Next. Tired of overpaying for app store optimization, get unlimited ASO and app marketing support to increase your keyword rankings, downloads, and more importantly, your revenue. Learn more at asomasters.com. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.